Welcome to Childhood Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Welcome back to Conversations with Kate and Carrie. We are so glad that you are here today. And we have a guest, and they are one of our superhero friends. So, <laughs> um, and you have already met one of our superhero friends, Carly, a couple of weeks ago. And so today, Camille is going to join us, and Carrie is going to have some conversations with Camille. We're going to talk a little bit about Camille's experience before, during, and after COVID and what that looked like and what that meant to her program and to her as a director and what it means just to be a superhero. So, Carrie. Okay, so when you applied to be one of the super friends, one of the things was, what are some of your superpowers? And one of the things you said was, really connecting with the children and finding their strengths. So what are some of the things that you do to help connect with those kids during the, and parents during the first weeks of their enrollment? So I love this topic. I think that our, our preschool is special because I am the director. Not that, that, that's not why it's special, but (laughs) I get to know each child's name by the second day of school. So when they walk in the door every morning, I greet them. Hello, Stephanie. Good morning, Zach. How are you, Emmy? Um, And the parents just love it. They absolutely love it. By day three, I start to learn the parents' names. Moms are the easiest and then dads are next. But it's so important to know their names and to greet them on a first name basis. I've had many, many parents tell me that they're impressed, first of all. And second, I've had a lot of referrals just because of that. It's amazing. I had a parent the other day tell me that she referred her neighbor and her neighbor ended up registering because she had heard the director knows all of the children's names. Okay. I have to, I'm going to jump in. I'm sorry. I just have to jump in because I absolutely think that's amazing. Um, Now, Carrie would not think that's amazing as much as I do because Carrie knows everybody who's under three feet tall. Now, the fact that you know the adults' names too, Carrie would find amazing because (laughs) we have different superheroes superpowers. I know everybody who's an adult, nobody who's under three feet. Carrie knows everybody under three feet and nobody who's an adult. (laughs) The fact that you can do both is just amazing. And I think that's just, and that you brought that to work and what a wonderful example for your staff. And so I presume that you have taught this skill to your staff. Oh yes. We know everybody's name. Oh, how wonderful. And I bet the kids love it. They do. They feel proud. They're happy. They you know, they feel more welcome. They feel like this is their place because everybody knows your name. <laughs> so that reminds me, there was a summer camp that my um, oldest son went to. And since we're run, since we're about to be jumping on summer, and it's just something to kind of think and keep in mind is he went to a summer camp one year. And before he got there, the summer staff wrote him a postcard. And to him, it was a huge deal because he got a note from the person who was going to be his staff person at summer camp. And so if you're listening today, that would be a great tip to add to Camille's perfect get to know you and make somebody feel special is if you haven't figured out how to wow your potential or brand new summer programs students, right? Have have the summer staff send them a postcard 
even if it's just the week before they come. So, all right, Gary, what else, what else well, does our super friend now, have Now I'm piggybacking on that oh. because you can do that <clears throat> and have a picture of the staff person be the other side of the postcard. So they actually know what the teacher looks like before they get there. I don't know. I'm a little crazy. Maybe you have to do it in an envelope because you don't have postcards already made up with your kids, with your staff's faces, but sending them a picture of who their what their teachers look like is amazing. And again, with digital, we can do a lot of this digitally, but the kids don't necessarily get to have it. And by sending it in the mail address to the kid, they get mail and that's different. And that gives a little bit of that wow factor. Okay. Um, so another thing was trying to figure out all the things that each kid is really good at was another thing that you said was one of your superpowers. <laughs> yes. One of my favorite quote, quotes is highlight my strengths and my weaknesses will disappear. So we really focus on that. There's so many kiddos with so many different, as you know, as a, a director, so many different strengths and, you know, that we all have our own weaknesses. So what we try to do is just really, really focus on those strengths. Sometimes it's harder to find in children than other children, but for the most part, you can find it, you just develop it, you keep growing, and the kids just flourish. They, If it's something they're excited about and they're proud of, then we'll keep going. If it's a topic, if it's a personality, if it's maybe, you know, they have a favorite color and they'll do anything with this color. It's just something that the kids, it makes them special. And so we find their strengths and we really focus on them. I think that's wonderful. And it really helps um, with classroom guidance uh, because if the teachers are focusing on the negative behaviors, which some teachers do, they're going to see more and more of those negative things and it can cause a downward spiral. And the only way the kid's getting attention is through negative attention. But by on purpose, having all the staff look for the shiny parts of that child, then you're paying attention to the positives and not the negatives. Um, I like to say, catch them being good. You know? Yes, perfect. So I think that's great for classroom management and also for, for retention of staff and clients. Because if your staff is always looking at the negative, you're going to have to replace your staff more often too. Yes, I agree. I agree. All of our staff are really good about finding the positive in the children. And then, you know, sometimes we need to do that with our families as well. <laughs> yeah. So Camille, with these two tips, have you incorporated any of this into some staff training, staff development, or anything, even when you're doing interviews to bring on staff, has any of this been part of that process? Well, we did do a staff training uh, about a year ago, and it was called, oh goodness, it's, it's not coming to the tip of my tongue right now, but what we did was we talked about greeting children. I know a lot of different teachers have their own greet, but we talked about saying good morning to the child every single day and using their name or somehow using their name when they walk in the door, giving them a smile, you know, telling them that we're going to have so much fun today or giving them something that makes them excited and also addressing their name. And that way the children feel again, special. They want to come in. They feel very welcome. We do send postcards at the beginning of the year and it talks about our back to school night and then our meet the teacher. And what we do for meet the teacher is have the children come in. They have 15 minutes to meet with their teacher and their family in the classroom alone. And so it gives them a sense of belonging. They're 
They know exactly where, well, not exactly, but they know where things are, what they need to do on the first day of school. And it gives the parents a sense of security, really, um, to under to really talk to the teacher, give the teacher some concerns, maybe talk about their child a little bit, brag on their children. It's great. And then we start school within the next couple of days. But every family gets about 15 minutes one-on-one with the teacher to talk about the child. That's excellent. Excellent. I know every school probably wishes they could do onboarding like that, but um, having a, a school year program really allows that to to take center stage. I love that. Okay. So the other elephant, the other thing we wanted to make sure we talked about was, you know, you've been a director for five years. So you were a director before COVID times. Uh, You were a director during COVID times and you haven't hidden under a bridge. Um, (laughs) So uh, we want to talk a little bit about what you've seen as changes during this roller coaster ride we've been on over the past five years. So what do you think has changed the most? Really, I would say parent involvement has changed a lot. Um, I would say the parents, for the most part, were super gung-ho about coming into the classroom. They were volunteering all the time. And then COVID hit. And it was, we closed for a year. Um, We did some online lessons. Um, and then we were open, but it was a very slow opening. Our enrollment was down. We, we had teachers that just didn't want to come back. They weren't ready yet. We had lots of families that were just waiting, waiting to see what would happen. And we couldn't really let parents in the building yet. So that was, that kind of, that took away a lot of our, you know, family involvement and, um, really feeling that the families were part of our preschool family. Slowly, we've been able to add them back in this year. We are really back on par. Everybody is coming in and volunteering when it's acceptable. And the kids absolutely love it. I do think, though, that the parents aren't quite as excited to volunteer since COVID. And I don't know if that's a generation that's coming up or they their children had never been in school, so they didn't really understand that, you know, we love our volunteers to come in and help out, but that's definitely something that I see is different. Yeah. I think some of it might just be, I have spent a lot of time with these children. I would oh, like absolutely. To- absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> yeah. I think there's some of that. I think there's some of them being like, yeah, I did my time. Here you go. <laughs> well, um, but I also think there's I think there's a there's a key point to this and and it, it is something and I will literally say it is currently my soapbox, which is that I think that everybody, our parents, their neighbors, our friends, our family, whether they have kids or not, they forget how overwhelmed the teachers are and they forget the role they play as a volunteer and what a difference that makes. And so um And I'm not saying that you don't do this. And so this is more of a generic for everybody who's listening. Really make sure that you are doing extra thank yous to the volunteers. Like really make sure that your volunteers are feeling appreciated. Extra gratitude, extra thank yous, extra pats on the back for them coming out to help. Even if they're only coming out for that one hour of reading time, because it makes such a difference. I mean, imagine if every parent in your school came out and did one hour 
of circle time during the course of the year. What a difference that would make, not only in their appreciation of the role the teacher plays in the classroom, but just that teacher having that that 15 minutes of a uh, breathing time in the morning, right? So um, I just really think that a lot of us, and, and this is not just me, a lot of us of a variety of generations, whether we have kids or have already, our kids have already gone through school, we have forgotten. Um, we've kind of gotten, ah, been there, done that. Or we have kids and right, we were like, ah, I've had my time, right? It's all your, you know, you get them now. But as a result, every, you know, our, our zero to five teachers are getting burned out. Our K-12 teachers are getting burned out. And so if 90% of our teachers are burned out, what happens if they all quit? Yep. Yes. We've got to do, we've got to get those parents back involved um, and having the parents show the appreciation to our teachers is is a big part of what makes a quality program because if the teachers feel appreciated which i think things like the parents taking 15 minutes in an evening to come and meet them uh like you do camille helps the teachers to feel like they're professionals and they're appreciated and they're being treated like professionals yes we also when our volunteers come in we I have a little fridge in my office that I keep cold water um little snacks in there so I always offer them something to drink and you know we usually have a little bag of snacks that they can grab it's not a lot but it at least shows them that you know we appreciate them and yeah. we're happy they're there here you know what some of my favorite I have a stack of thank you notes ever written to me by a kid and well really written by anybody but the ones that are at the top are those written by kids. And it's funny because they're actually kind of written, kind of, it's kind of in um, <laughs> sloppiest order, <laughs> like the sloppiest handwriting to the best handwriting. Um, and I'd love to say it's because it was based on age. It, I went back one time and looked through my stack and it's not, it, the youngest ones are not necessarily the ones at the top, <laughs> even though the handwriting probably looks that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, so even kids writing thank you notes or coloring pictures to give to the, to the parents as thank yous is just a, just a wonderful way for the parents to, to feel appreciated that again, their one hour a month, their one hour a week uh, was so appreciated. And I know that when I did it, when my kids were little, it always, at the time, I always felt rushed. And I really wish that I took more time to value the moment. Um, and then, you know, now that I have gotten to a point where I've gone back into volunteering in those roles, it's like, everybody needs to do this. And, you know, I don't care what school, I don't care what age level, but everybody, even if they don't have kids, needs to be a volunteer. So, all right, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. that be wonderful? <laughs> so, yeah. I had I had another question about riding the roller coaster of before COVID, COVID, and after COVID. Um, so did you change much in the way of your policies once we came into the after COVID times, were there any things that were very different from what you had done four years ago? No, we really were able to slowly get back to what we would call normal. So mm -hmm. we had really only been a preschool for a year and a half before COVID started. Oh. We had a great first year and then a great second year up until March. And then we were closed the following year. When we came back, it was just a slow 
process, getting everybody back in to the swing of things this year, um, everything seems back to normal for the most part. Um, you know, we're getting, we're asking for the parents to come back in this year. We are bringing that back, but our policies were really able to stay the same, which is amazing. We did. Yeah, that means you had good policies. Well, <laughs> Uh, yes. I mean, everything seems to be going the way it should. I'm really happy with, with the way our preschool is working. Okay. Okay. And well, so I wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to touch on something for those who are listening and may have caught it just like I did. So that means that you guys are a fairly, a very young program. You are the first director of the program. Yes, I am. Okay. Yes. All right. It's and a- you are, so those who don't know, you are with a you are a faith-based program. And yes. Are you a church ministry of the, are you a ministry of the church then? Yes. We're considered a ministry of the church. Okay. And they had wanted to start a licensed preschool. And so they asked me if I would be interested. And it was a lot of fun building it from scratch because there was nothing. There were, there weren't any policies in place. I did all of that. There was, you know, I had to start with a piece of paper and a pencil and and work our way up. But we've done amazing. And I'm really proud of all of our teachers, staff, our families. So what do you think was the the best thing you did to build up the enrollment, both the first time and the second time? What do you think was the most effective? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um, It was a lot of our first time, you know, it was just church members and reaching out to the community. We had a lot of people come in that you know, we're not church members, which is wonderful. Um, and then the second time, again, it was just reaching out. We're in South Austin. So we're around a lot of neighborhoods. Um, a lot of people are looking for preschools in this area. So we were lucky in that sense. We do offer a play-based program, which I've realized over the last few years, a lot of people are looking for, and that's what they want. And so we take things from Montessori and other little aspects of areas in play, but we are a play-based preschool. We're also faith-based, and that seems to be checked two boxes that parents are really looking for in our area. Yeah, narrowing down which part of the demographic is your ideal parent, your parallel parent. Yes. Great job. So did you do community events or just get in community newsletters? So how did you let the neighborhoods know about you? So we advertised in our church bulletin. Um, It's a fairly large parish and we advertise on Facebook. Um, We're in the middle of Dripping Springs ISD and Austin ISD. So I was able to pull families from both of those districts. And it's been, it's been great. And at this point right now, I honestly don't advertise it's all word of mouth excellent okay so so i'm gonna i'm just gonna ask because it sounds like it's literally word of mouth and do you really i mean you gave me one example and you can be very vague and generic but how many do you think referrals you've gotten because you literally know people's names um i would say i have been told five this year and And how many and how many students do you have we have 55 students so 10 percent roughly i I think so yes 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 so i'm I'm doing the math right so 10 percent. but how many openings did you have um we had at the beginning of the year we let's see maybe six openings so you filled five of six positions five of six openings because you knew people's names 
That's what the parents are telling me. Yes, they were. And like I said, I don't know where that came from. I didn't know that that was so exciting for them. I didn't know that they really appreciated that. I think it's huge. I'm I'm like blown away with that statistic because, I mean, let's really think that through. I mean, that means that I don't have a calculator. Carrie could probably do the math better than me, but I'm guessing that's probably well over 90%. So 90% of this year's enrollment is entirely because you know people's names. That is a bragging point. That is something, that is your hero voice. That is something that you have every right to be telling everybody, you have a secret. That is your secret power. And I know that you said it was, and you are right. Because if people are coming to your program because you know people's names, that says an awful lot about just the secret of who you are, who your program is. And I have one just secret because I'm just curious of everything you've talked about because it's been a huge issue to a lot of the programs we work with. Staff turnover, staff hiring, where is your program in that one little mystery that the rest of the world seems to be having an issue with? Well, honestly, ever since COVID, we've had some problems. People have had to move because of jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, they they need to more hours. They need to work. Some have had to stay home to take care of loved ones. Um, but this year, I'm not expecting a lot of turnover, which would be wonderful. Um, but we have a fabulous, fabulous team this year, and I would be delighted to have all of them back. Okay, so from last year to this year, how many did you how many did you have to replace? Um, to replace, let's see, two, three, um, probably four. Out of I would how say, many? Um, seventeen. So that's a quarter. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely below the industry average. The industry yeah. average right now is sixty percent per year in the industry as a as a whole 60 percent staff turnover per year wow and And your staff turnover sounds like it's legit reasons like people are moving and those kinds of things not just i didn't feel like coming into work today yeah right i just want to i just want to clarify the 60 percent. that includes the thing where you have a classroom that has churned through four staff in three weeks (laughs) so that's part of that 60 (laughs) percent I love Camille's face. Sorry, that was that was awesome. I don't, you know, I'm not sure when. So sometimes when our our videos come out, um, you can only see one of us at a time. Sometimes you can see all three of us, and so you may not have gotten to see Camille's face on that last one. So, um, uh, so Camille, you've got some impressive numbers um, from a percentage standpoint, and thank you so much for sharing with us. We may have to have you on for for some secrets of staff retention. It does sound like. As a as an organization, you guys have uh, definitely a mission with a heart, and it sounds like the, the the secret to that heart, though, is actually getting to know your staff and your students and your parents, and I love it, and I love that that has come through uh, all the way to your referrals, because you knowing who people are obviously is making a real difference, and you've created some raving fans. And we always say word of mouth is absolutely the best way. And you've proven it to us. I mean, you have a 95% fill um, that you know of by word of mouth. And that's just awesome. And that they're telling you it's because you know their names. It's even (laughs) just, it's, it's just, it's just awesome. I I don't even have another word for it. So (laughs) anything else you would like to share with um, our directors who listen? So Most of the folks who listen to our podcast are people who've probably been a director for under two years. And so if you had something you were going to say to them. Oh, I would say get to know your families. 
get to know them well, get to know your children. I feel like that's how we've been successful is by really giving our families something to be proud of and to be happy to let their children come here and feel safe dropping them off. Thank you so much. All right. Carrie, why don't you take us out of here? So if you got something from today, and I know you did, I know you got something from today's episode. I took notes. Um, So share this with other directors or other members of your administrative team. Feel free to go over to your favorite podcasting app and write a review. That really helps us. Um, If you write a review and screen capture it and send it to kate at texasdirector.org, she will send you a t-shirt. So write a review, take a picture, send it to Kate. You get free clothes and they're kind of (laughs) cute. And we will see you or hear you. No, you'll hear us next week here on Child Care Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Thank you for listening to Child Care Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Want to learn more? Check out our website at texasdirector.org. And if you've learned anything today, leave us a comment below and share the show.